Welcome to the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we're talking about the top rim protectors in the 2023 season. So Christian has been crunching numbers. We just came out with our rim protection numbers for the entire season, and I wanted to go through, highlight the top guys, and then obviously we we talk about rim protection with bigs so much for obvious reasons, but I also wanted to talk about the non-bigs, uh, the top five there, because a pretty interesting list, and I think especially in today's NBA, like the more you switch, the more the supplementary rim protection becomes really, really valuable, and it can kind of elevate your defense to new heights. So let's talk about the top 10 rim protectors by big. And uh, first we're going to get into how the rim protection stat works. So classically we judge bigs on blocks because it makes the most sense, right? It's something uh, you can quantify. It's something that goes back really far in history, but blocks don't really tell the whole story because I mean, if you're a really good player, you're blocking two, maybe three shots a game. And while that's very good, you have to think about how many shots those players are contesting. And like on some level, if an offensive player doesn't want to get blocked, they don't have to. Like we've all been in pickup, right? And you pick up your dribble, you take two steps, and all of a sudden there's like a 6'4 guy standing right in front of you. And instead of just getting swatted, you shoot the ball straight up and it's an air ball and whatever, it's a turnover. Like you you can uh, you can avoid blocks on, on some level as an offensive player. So it's not the greatest measurement. It's not the worst. Like it, it's okay to reference blocks, I still do. And uh, they, they're actually a pretty solid proxy for what you're looking for because you're looking for rim protection with those numbers. But something like this rim protection stat just does a lot better of a job. So the way the rim protection stat works is it looks at three primary things. First is your ability to disrupt at the rim when you are contesting shots. So you'll see this in... Uh, it's, it's always a mouthful. It's your it's the defensive field goal percentage, so how much you lower. Sometimes you'll see it on a list where, I don't know, somebody will be, I don't know, maybe like Porzingis, I can't remember what he was exactly this year. It was like minus 11 or minus 12% at the rim versus expected. So basically when this player is contesting a shot, it's much more difficult for the offensive players to make them. And then if you're really bad at contesting, sometimes it'll be positive, which is not good. But that's what we look at as the primary kind of driver of the stat of when you contest a shot, how much does the field goal percentage go down for that offensive player? Because that's ultimately what you're looking for. So the, the first biggest part of it is your ability to disrupt shots at the rim. After that, you're going to take into account how good the offensive players are shooting on the individual shots. Like, let's just say you are a backup big you don't play a ton of minutes and you are contesting shots versus like fringe NBA players. You play like 600 minutes in a season. It's not that big of a sample. And you have the number one rim protection numbers because you're seven, five, let's just say you play a little bit, you're gigantic and you played against really bad competition. You only played in blowouts. So this rim protection stat is going to adjust for that because it takes into account how good the offensive players are, right? If you're blocking Giannis and Zion at the rim, that's way more impressive than blocking some guy that's not going to be in the league in a year. So that's number two. It takes into account how good the offensive players are that are shooting at the rim. And then number three, it just takes into account how many shots you are contesting, what your contest rate is. Because again, if you're a wing player who can come over and block the occasional shot, that is really helpful, but it's going to be more valuable if you have a player that is just consistently contesting shots and they're not going in. <laughs> like it's, it's really, really simple. Um, 
the ability to do it on volume is obviously valuable because you can have really crazy seasons too. Like you'll see this if you look up uh, maybe like a guard or something that isn't going to contest a lot of shots, their their defensive field goal expected percentage numbers will kind of vary a lot because the samples are so small. So what we want is you're contesting a lot of shots. It's really hard for them to go in. We're taking into account how good the player is that's driving. Like if you're blocking LeBron or you're altering LeBron's shots and he can't finish over you, you're probably a very good interior player. And then lastly, we're just looking at how often you're contesting those shots. Because the more you're doing it, obviously, the better it is if you're good at it. Like Brooke Lopez famously, they always said it on the broadcast, contested like a zillion shots this year. And that's going to be super valuable. So let's talk about the top 10 in rim protection. So number one, no surprise here, known for being a crazy rim protector, one defensive player of the year, Jaron Jackson Jr. over on Memphis. He was an anchor big, and he was far and away the best rim protector in the league. He was actually the third highest in this stat in our entire database that goes back 10 years. So really, really impressive numbers out of him. Uh, I think we were we were pretty much pushing for him to win defensive player of the year all year. I know he missed a lot of time at the beginning of the season because he was recovering from an off-season injury or an off-season surgery. But as soon as he started playing, it was just dominance from the jump, and he was really fantastic. After that, Brooke Lopez on Milwaukee, he was number two. Uh, like I said, contested a zillion shots, did a really, really good job contesting those shots. I know it was a pretty tight race for him in the defensive player of the year race as well. After that, Walker Kessler, rookie sensation. I feel like I'm going to call it a he's basketball index's guy. He's my guy. We're claiming we're claiming a guy in this podcast. I feel like uh, as a data company, we really shined a spotlight on Walker Kessler. He was a rookie that was in the Rudy Gobert trade. He goes to Utah. He doesn't play a ton early on, but as the season progresses, starts to play more and more and really, really dominated in stretches. Had some really impressive. He did have some crazy high block games. Again, this isn't this podcast isn't like I hate blocks. Blocks are are, are fine. They're not, they're not a bad stat. But this rim protection stat just tells us a lot more because it's collecting way more data. So Walker Kessler was three rookie sensation. Really excited to see his year two. After that, Nick Claxton on Brooklyn. He, again, another basketball index guy claiming him this year. He had crazy rim protection numbers. He was fourth in the league. And then on top of that, he was basically the best switching big, the best mobile big playing on the perimeter this season. So that combination of the ability to really protect the rim and block a lot of shots and also be out on the perimeter more is really, really difficult to do. Because again, like... This stat does look at how often you contest shots because that does matter. But just from like a schematic, like where you are on the court, it's hard when you are switching so often to then be mobile enough to get back into the play and, you know, help contesting shots at the rim. So Nick Claxton, really impressive season there. After that, Daniel Gafford. This is a player that's not talked about a lot. He's over in Washington. He's a center, uh, but he's a pretty crazy athlete. If you've seen some highlights of him. Really good rim protection numbers. So at the very top here, we had Jaron Jackson Jr. at one, then Brooke Lopez, then Walker Kessler, and they were like really, really high up there. We take a little bit of a step down. There's Nick Claxton, still really strong. And then after that, Daniel Gafford and down, everyone's like in a more similar tier, right? Like I'm giving you the list of just one through 10, but if you were to look at it, like if you head on over to Basketball Index, use our headshot tool, you can see the, uh, most of our stats are in Z score, which is like just the, I don't know. We got guys with master's degrees. They said that was the best way to look at it. <laughs> um, but it it shows the 
magnitude, the difference in the stat, because uh, rankings aren't always the best way to do it, especially in basketball where like, let's just say, you know, points scored, uh, the points per game. That'll be the an easy thing. Like if someone's averaging like crazy James Harden season, you average like 35 points a game. Then the next player averages 29. And then after that, another guy, 29, another guy, 28. Like they are going to be in order of one, two, three, four, but like there's some magnitude loss there. So when you're looking at these numbers, if you can, this is why data visualization has become so popular. If you go to our headshots tool and, you know, you throw everyone in the rim protection, you can be like, oh, okay, I really understand here. Like Jaron and Brooke Lopez super high after that Walker Kessler, really good then Nick Claxton, and then kind of there's the rest of the pack. Still really good players, but there is a little bit of gap there. So Daniel Gafford, I talked about in Washington. He's an intriguing player. He's only 24 years old, and I know there, there's been a lot of kind of th- that franchise seems to be in flux, but he's an interesting guy. After that, Zubak on the Clippers. I've always been kind of partial to him. I've always been, I think he was a former Laker. That's probably why, but uh, really good rim protector there. After that, Miles Turner, obviously in Indy, puts up huge block numbers, is known for his rim protection. Uh, Draymond Green following that, obviously Draymond Green doesn't rack up a ton of blocks, but is a really good rim protector. He's got that crazy wingspan, really good at contesting shots. He was the the smallest player on this list by far. Again, another thing, you go to the headshot tool and you do height and rim protection, obviously the bigger players are going to be better at it. And then Draymond's like a super crazy outlier because at his height, the ability to not only contest shots, not only be like a great defensive player, like there's just not a lot of guys. Like he is, I know unicorn gets tossed around a lot. Like there's some defensive unicornness to his size because he was so great at switching for most of his career because he was smaller. He's more mobile, but like the, the that part that happens with smaller players, but to be able to contest shots the way he does at his height is just crazy. It just doesn't happen. Like it's just crazy. Uh, after that, Nick Richards. This is a player you might not be familiar with. He's number nine on this list. Uh, he's over in uh, Charlotte. He got a contract extension, and so uh, he did pop up in the news. But he's an interesting big, twenty-five years old. Again, he was ninth in our rim protection stat. And then after that, Christoph Porzingis, newly traded player from Washington heading over to Boston. Those were our top 10 rim protectors. I'll just go through it really quickly again because I know I went through the list pretty fast. Uh, Number one, Jaron Jackson Jr. Number two, Brooke Lopez. Number three, Walker Kessler. Then there's a little bit of a gap in terms of just the, the overall impact here as a rim protector. Then Nick Claxton, Daniel Gafford, Zubox, uh, Miles Turner, Draymond Green, Nick Richards, and Porzingis. Those were our top 10 in rim protection, just like just right outside that top 10, a guy like Jared Allen, uh, Anthony Davis, you know, guy that's always there. Hartenstein on New York. He's another really good rim protector. He had a crazy rim protection season last year. I think he was number one in the whole database last year. So that was uh, that was pretty eye popping. Uh, after that, I wanted to talk about non-bigs because bigs like we talk about that. We expect it. I wanted to highlight five players that are not in our big roles. So we have anchor big and mobile big means like you're defending and picking roles. Often we're going to look at other players that are, they're all forwards on this list. That would make sense because it's hard to block a lot of shots when you're six, one or alter a lot of shots when you're six, one, but these are guys that add additional rim protection that are not going to be your center. And this is really, really valuable. So these are players not in our big roles. So number one, Jaden McDaniels from Minnesota. He had a crazy breakout year. I actually didn't know this. I looked it up. He's 6'9". I just assumed he was like 6'6 or 6'7 because that's what like most wing 
like size like when you see him play you're like okay like i I see where he is on the court i see like his body type it's just generally where they fall i didn't realize he was he's very athletic and that he's six nine is pretty crazy so Jaden mcdaniels was already just a phenomenal perimeter defender just really popped in all of our stats this last season but also to have the biggest rim protection numbers of a non-big just really adds that defensive value his defensive peak is going to be really interesting i'm excited to see what it is after that kevin durant he's always been kind of a, a good lingerer in the key i feel like he does a good job of just sort of hanging out in the key and when you're that tall and you're that long you're going to affect shots he is really nice because you can play him at the four next to a big and again like you saw this in golden state it worked really really well where it was like your your center in that system was draymond he goes to switch out and then you got kevin durant lingering in the key where like he's gonna alter shots he's gonna block some shots but uh really good extra rim protector after that lori marketing obviously had the huge breakout year on offense but the guy's huge the guy is absolutely gigantic and adds extra rim protection after that og ananobi on toronto this is a an internet favorite defender this guy well i mean he is a really great defender but the internet goes crazy for him i've noticed like when i post something on the basketball index twitter and it has og ananobi featured in it man i don't know if it's the raptor fans the 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 Twitter space for Raptor fans of ever is is pretty pretty famous pretty infamous, but OG a uh, fantastic defender really really good wing stopper. Also, if you're in a trade machine or you see a trade machine uh, screenshot, OG Ananobi ninety five percent of the time is going to be in it all the time. Uh, and then to, uh, rounding out, oh one of my favorites. I feel like I must talk about Tory Craig more than any other podcaster broadcaster writer i'm i might talk about tory craig more than people in his family tory craig is just a defender that's been around forever he's 32 he was on phoenix last year just a really good wing stopper and one of those guys just like a solid nba player like not a great offensive player but has always been a pretty strong perimeter defender but then also brings a little extra juice protecting the rim and uh, that's my quota for talking about Tory Craig in every episode. I hit it. Good to go. Uh, guys that just missed on the non-big, Kyle Anderson. This is kind of, you know, the do-it-all player. They always mention his box score. He gets like one of everything. There's a block in there. There's some contests. Uh, Aaron Gordon, another guy you saw with Denver this year, kind of succeed in that. Not, he wasn't like a second big. He was like a hybrid. That's what made him so valuable, where he could slide down into the key and help Jokic. Or he could occupy that space once Jokic had you know moved out of the key on a switch or a hedge, and then he was able to move and then guard on the perimeter. So really versatile defender, not only like pretty good on the perimeter, but also adds rim protection. The combination of that is what makes him so valuable. So talked about the top ten rim protectors, talked about the uh, the rim protectors that are not bigs that are excelling, and then explain the stat. I think that's a wrap on this podcast. Uh, my name is Taylor. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Basketball Index Podcast.